This summer, we launched Reliable Grooved. Since then, tens of thousands of reliable couplings and fittings have been installed throughout the Americas. Pre-lubricated, approved for service up to 300 PSI, in stock at each of Reliable's distribution locations. Quality Grooved from the fire protection experts. Reliable, bringing reliable quality to Groove. Like and subscribe. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Fire Sprinkler Podcast. Today I have Rex Schwendeman on from Reliable. Rex, how's it going today? Really good, thank you. It's still pretty early, eh? Yeah, real early here, actually. <laughs> uh, so we got Rex on from Reliable. In a little bit, we're going to start talking about the new Groove Reliable products that are available. Uh, you guys released them earlier this year. Uh, I think it's been a big success. Um, but Rex, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself before we get into the Groove products? All right. So, uh, you know, a little bit about me. I've uh, been in the business since I was 18 years old. Uh, you know, uh, got in uh, because a neighbor uh, actually owned a fire sprinkler contracting company. Okay. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to work in a shop. So uh, I didn't have any idea of what that meant. So I jumped in and started threading pipe. And, uh, you know, while I was going to college, uh, just worked in the shop and helped him uh, along that way. And then uh, eventually worked my way into the field uh, and uh, worked out there for a while and uh, knew I didn't like to be in heights. So I uh, got out of that real quick and moved inside, uh, became a designer. Um, then did some estimating and then ran some offices for uh, for a couple of companies, a century out of uh, Tacoma, Washington. Uh, they bought the company that I was at in Utah and then Warmold Fire Systems ended up buying them uh, out of Australia. And uh, they are the ones that moved me to Dallas. And I was in their corporate office, moved to Tulsa, ran their office up there for a while and then uh, eventually moved over and got into the business with Reliable in the manufacturing side. So I have a very varied uh experience within the industry. I've seen all sides of it. Now I'm in the manufacturing and supply side. And, uh, you know, it's been a, a great, uh, a great industry for me and it's helped me provide for my family. So, uh, I wouldn't uh, change anything that I've done. The thing about the fire protection industry, and here's tangent number one that we'll go into is there's nobody, I haven't spoke with anybody that talks to their, uh, you know, their, their call, uh, their high school advisor and said, you know, the fire protection industry would be a good, you always know somebody you're related to somebody. That's how people get into this industry. And, and thinking about it, it's, it's a pretty tight industry, but it's a huge industry as well. There's, you know, thousands and th tens of thousands of sprinkler fitters, designers, engineers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all of them got into it by, Oh, I know a guy. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, the, uh, just in uh, the, the guy that hired me, I'll bet he uh, spawned off uh, six or seven companies of people in my neighborhood, kids from the neighborhood that ended up working for him, either in the field or design. Uh, my brother-in-law ended up uh, starting a, a couple of companies. I mean, it was just sort of a, a, a close-knit group of people. And uh, to be honest with you, all of us are still in the industry. So That's nobody right. got in and then got out. Everybody stayed in. And, you know, you probably heard the name Russ Levitt and some of those guys. Uh, he was part of that group uh, that, that came in at Don Brothers uh, in the very beginning, back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, we just uh, we had this tight knit group of guys and we just kept going forward, uh, you know, uh, working in sprinklers. And I think all of us had, you know, in the beginning, it was a job. 
right. then I think all of us kind of developed a passion for not only the business, but also the passion for, you know, the, what sprinklers do and, and maybe doing something that was a little beyond just uh, making money. And I, if you talk to any of those guys today, including Russ, he would tell the exact same thing that, you know, we got into this thing and, and it turned into a, a lifelong endeavor for, for most of us. And, you know, 18 to 67, I'm an old dude. So, you know, that's a long time. That's, uh, you know, close to 50 years, uh, you know, working sprinklers around. So. And uh, never a dull moment yet or what? Not well, no, there have been some dull moments, but <laughs> for the most part, for the most part, it's pretty exciting for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, and, and, and that, you know, one of the best things though, is that the sprinkler industry has given me the opportunity to travel really around the world. So I've been to associated association meetings. I've been to exhibits, uh, you know, pretty much uh, in, in, in almost every country. So yeah. I've had an opportunity to not just talk about sprinklers, but to, you know, see the world as well. And, and that's been really, really good for me and, and for my family as well. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of starting to get my toes into that with the podcast where I'm traveling with the podcast now and I'm starting to so Boston, I was in Maryland, I, you know, starting to get into the traveling portion of the, of the, of the industry with, with having the podcast. So it's, that's been a lot of fun as well. Like, you know, I've been to New York in the past and then COVID shut everything down now the traveling is starting to, to come back and it's, it's awesome. And you need uh, to take your pod podcast down to Dubai in January. That's, that's, that's where it really gets interesting because then you have all the middle Eastern countries and all most of the countries from around the world come into Dubai. That's probably the biggest fire show in the world. And what's that? Uh, it, what's, that? what's that one called? Uh, it's called Intersec. Intersec. Oh, okay. Yes. I have heard of that. People in Boston were asking me if I was going to that. You should. That one's that one's really good. That you you'll get a real flavor for what goes on around the world in fire protection and and, and in every piece of the fire protection uh, industry. So it's yeah. it's a great show. I'll be there. So we can actually link up. Well, there you go. We you can know, do a podcast from down there. We could do multiple <laughs> podcasts from down there. Um, there you go. Funny enough, Dubai, like the United Emirates, places like those. I, that's in one of my that's one of my top five followings. Really? It changes, but like, yeah, Dubai, I've got a pretty good following in, in Dubai. Like as far as like consistent and weekly downloads, Dubai is in the top five. Yeah, they're, they're super active in fire protection. And obviously that's the case because you see, you know, the type of buildings that they're building down here. I mean, it's, it's really crazy to see how much that's been developed since the early 80s. And they are starting to like what you're, you're seeing is a lot of fire, major fire inc incidents coming from the area as well. Yep. Yep. Especially yep. late uh, cladding on the outside of hotels and stuff like that yep. is really starting to become an issue. And it seems like most of them are from that area. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that big fire that they had down there a few years ago. So they've had an, I think they had one last week as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So. Yeah. Well, I know they're very active in the industry. So, um, and that, again, getting to that show will give you a real uh, taste of, you know, what everybody's doing uh, around the world, but especially in that Middle Eastern market. And they're very strong down there. So, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I'm going to start looking into it there. Uh, I'll get you to email me the name of that show and I'll, uh, yep. I'll researching it and seeing, maybe I'll see you there. Yeah. I'll send you a copy of my ticket so you can know when I'm going to be there. Now, so. <laughs> I'm not going to sit in your seat. Yeah. <laughs> you probably won't want my seat anyway. So there you go. 
Uh, any tangent number one done. The <laughs> getting into the reliable groove products, which is the original purpose of this, learning about you is number one. The reliable mm-hmm. groove products. With all the other groove products on the market now, reliable decided to jump into it with both feet coming in heavy with it. Right. What was the what was the kind of the, the, the discussions that we're having in your office? Cause that's kind of what the podcast is about. Let's have all these back office conversations. Um, right. What was the kind of the key reasoning for reliable to say, let's get into the groove market with so many, you know, without naming names, there's so many heavy hitters out there in the groove product market. Why, why try to get into it? So, you know, really from the outset, um, we started doing some private label products prior to grooved. Uh, you know, butterfly valves, uh, flexible drops, uh, other types of valves, the OSNY valves, those type of things. And, and we just felt like one of the things that we could bring to the market is the Reliable name, right? So that's why we started private labeling a lot of products, because Reliable's name for 100 years has stood for quality and uh, uh, dependability, reliability. And so we were selling a brand of Grooved at the time. Uh, really, there's only two major brands out there. And we thought, you know, this was an opportunity for us to put our name on uh, one of the big products that's used in any sprinkler system uh, and then bring some quality to the marketplace and offer our customers an alternative. And so, you know, we sat around the table for two or three years and discussed, you know, what 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 could we do? How could we do it? What was the best way to do it? Uh, obviously there's a business decision to be made there. Is it profitable enough to get into that market? We just didn't want to bring a product in and not make money. So, you know, we, we went through all those scenarios. Uh, I spent a lot of time in China, uh, going through, uh, different foundries there, went to other countries and looked at uh, their foundry capabilities, but, you know, um, and then we even discussed, is it possibility to private label something here in the U S and have a U.S. product. The problem being is, is that, you know, from a competitive standpoint, it just wasn't uh, the best move to make. So we knew we were probably going to have to go overseas with the intent that we were going to, you know, maybe move around and look for different opportunities as we got going. So, you know, we, we found a, a, a manufacturing partner uh, actually in, in China uh, who made a really good high quality product. Uh, we didn't jump in immediately. What we did is we uh, started to vet the product from a ULFM standpoint, VDS and LPCB. Wanted to find out, you know, what they provided, what they could give to us. Uh, we found out that there were a lot of holes uh, in their uh, approvals. And so through that vetting process, we took the manufacturer to ULNFM. We got the holes filled in. Uh, we got the approvals done. One of those was on the specialty pipe. They didn't have any specialty pipe listings. We got all those listings completed, which was really important to us because there's a ton of Schedule 7 that's being used out there and you just have to be approved. Mm-hmm. So after going through all that for about a year, a year and a half, uh, we decided to, you know, that we were prepared to go. We'd also helped them with some development on some gaskets and different things. Got it to where we wanted it. And then uh, the decision that was made by... Um, you know, our management and ownership, uh, family-owned business was, we're not getting into this unless we have a major stock of material here in the U.S. before we jump in. And so there was a massive investment made uh, by the owners of our company uh, to bring in over a year's worth of group. Uh, And we never sold one product until that was all sitting here in our Dallas 
system component warehouse. So we're sitting on a ton of product before I ever opened the door, because the last thing we wanted to do, Chris, is we just didn't want to get out into the field and then have somebody say, well, I need a two and a half inch coupling and say, oh yeah, we just sold the last 20 we had. That, right. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> so we, we keep a year in stock and then we keep a supply of five months either rolling or in production behind it. So we've got plenty of supply. Price is really good. Um, you know, the key is being able to service our customers. But, but the most important part, Chris, is just the fact that, you know, Reliable's name's on it. And that, that just means something. We're going to stand behind anything that we have our name on that goes out into the field. And um, I think if you talk to any contractor, they'll tell you that's, that's the fact. The vetting process that you talked about earlier, how many different manufacturers, I mean, I'm sure it was a whirlwind of development. I'm sure it wasn't like a six months, uh, let's go over for a week and let's check out two or three locations. How many different manufacturers do you think you guys went through before you found the one that you essentially not married, but have linked up with? Oh, I, I probably personally with uh, my sourcing guy, Tak Chong, we, we probably went to uh, 15 different sources before wow. we zeroed it down. And even today, we're looking at alternate sources, right? We're, we're, this is, a, this is a, a, a process that's in motion continually. Yeah. Even though we've zeroed in on this guy and, we, and we're getting product and we feel real comfortable, um, you know, we're also looking at other alternatives and, and other alternatives outside the Chinese market so that we can possibly, uh, you know, uh, improve what we can do and what we can bring in here. One of the big things, though, Chris, is the quality uh, aspect of it. We, we've hired our own quality people who are in the foundry. So they work for Reliable. They're in the foundry. They're going through the processes. Uh, they pull their own uh, metal samples. They do everything that a guy that's in a, in a foundry would do if he worked for the foundry. They do that for us. And they watch it all the way through to packaging and shipment. So that's one thing that we do a little bit different than maybe some of our competitors uh, that don't uh, have their own quality people on 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 uh, on ground. The other key piece is that gasket, right? I mean, that's that's the operating element of a of a group coupling, mm-hmm. and we're very very conscientious of where that EPDM rubber is stored, how it's manufactured, how long it's been there. We test dates on those, so that's another thing that we watch very closely, so that. Again, it's got Reliable's name on it. If it comes into the, if it comes into the field, you, you know it's going to work. Just like our heads have worked for 100 years, our group couplings are going to be the same. Presumably, you guys have the same um, pre-lubricated gasket kind of technology that that's kind of become the mainstay with everybody. Is even if you don't have a pre-lubricated gasket, guys aren't lubricating gaskets in the field anymore. Yeah, yeah, everything's pre-lubricated as a, as a standard now is pre-lubed yeah. gasket. Pretty, pretty much standard. And yes, we have a, a pre-lubed, uh, we have an injected gasket as well as one that has the coating on the outside. You'll see the little powder that comes yeah. with it. So. Yeah. I, I remember being in Boston, like what this, the product was formally la- launched, I believe shortly mm-hmm. after Boston. Right, right then. Yeah. June is when we showed it for the first time in uh, the NFPA. And then we actually uh, launched it full scale in July. Yes, I remember everybody scrambling at NFPA when your uh, when your you, when your set showed up, so to speak. Set everybody yeah. around and changing the couplings and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that had to happen fast because I wasn't going to have anybody else's couplings on my stuff. So that's right. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> we were here pretty late last night changing couplings out, and it was uh, man, <laughs> I was happy to see that 
I think I found one, but all of them were with the writing the right oh, way. Oh, all right. So you could actually read it. That's right. The one thing it's got to look pretty, right? So yeah. It was the most beautiful thing in the world, obviously. Um, yeah. but never uh, happens in the field, but you need it at the show like that. So you gotta have it at the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the valve room. Do whatever you want up yeah. there when people can't see it, but uh exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I think I was given uh uh Carrie a hard time about that. actually, I was like, hey. You missed one over there. <laughs> yeah. He didn't yeah. run over there and change it though, did he? <laughs> no, he almost, he almost uh, I almost stayed in Boston. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the development of the product, um, like when, how long has this been in, in development for with reliable? Like it's, it's obviously, it wasn't like a February, you know, let's start making groove products. No. Um, so this product um, in general has been, uh, the, the, this manufacturer has been making group couplings for years. Okay. Right. So it's not something that's new to them. Uh, and, and we didn't want that. We didn't want somebody that was just getting into the groove game uh, and us being the, the guinea pig or our customers being it. They've had this product uh, out there for, you know, uh, 10, 15 years. Right. Um, not really here in the U.S. much. They sold a little bit here. Uh, but they concentrated their efforts uh, in their own um, domestic market as well as internationally they were selling. And they sell a, a couple of very big international customers in Europe uh, okay. that they provide the product for. So that was why we felt really comfortable with them in general is that this product had already been pretty much field vetted right? Uh, because they just didn't have. And, and we did a lot of checking around with uh, customers and distributors of theirs outside the U.S. that you know, we're very happy with the product that they were getting. <clears throat> so <clears throat> from that aspect, sorry, <clears throat> from that aspect, it was, it was pretty easy, uh, uh, an easy feeling about the quality. Okay. So when we got involved in it, our basic thing was to bring some over. We tested it in Liberty uh, in our own test facility there just to get a feel and let those guys work with it and see what they thought. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we have a, an engineer that works for me, me Jeremy Kane, who uh, was familiar with this same facility, who'd done work with them in the past. And so we were able to work with him and them uh, in developing what we wanted to, as far as a quality control side of it. And so really the process, uh, probably two years in total, getting it all uh, lined up and ready to go. That's so, awesome. Uh, again, the, the key element there is Reliable's names on it. I, I mean, I keep going back to that. Kevin Fee, the owner of the company, has made it perfectly clear. If you put my name on there, it better live up to the standards that our heads and valves live up to that we manufacture ourselves. And so we, uh, we spent a lot of time, um, uh, you know, working through uh, the product itself. So. Yeah. My grandfather used to say, you write your name and phone number on every piece of pipe you put in. So if somebody has a problem with it, they can get a hold of you. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris, the other thing is, is this product, it was actually being made uh, under a different name uh, and, and being brought into the U.S. We'd actually sold it for a while. So in, in complete dis disclosure, we'd actually sold this type of product under a different name for a few months. Okay. And, and that, that company, what's that? That was going to be my next question. If it was the same manufacturer as the, uh, as the reliable distribution was, was doing ahead of time. It, it, it absolutely was. It was a, we had linked up with a, a guy um, or a company, a couple of guys that, that uh, thought they had this great 
distribution philosophy. They sold me on it. Um, and as being as old as I am, I shouldn't have fallen for it. But anyway, I fell for it. Uh, they, uh, they brought the product in. It was a good product, uh, but it hadn't been vetted. It, it really hasn't. These, these guys weren't uh, sprinkler guys. They were basically distribution guys, and they had made this contact, and they were bringing the product in. We vetted it then uh, to a certain extent. We figured they were doing the vetting on their side. Uh, it came in. We sold it for maybe six, seven months. They ended up getting into trouble. Uh, the company shut down. At that point in time, we went direct to the manufacturer, and that's when the whole process started. Of, we really need to look at this thing closer, right? And, uh, you know, we vetted out some of the things that were problems. And uh, with that being said, that's when the whole process started as, you know, what are we going to do uh, for ourselves? Do we want to go back into buying from somebody else or do we want to put Reliable's name on and, and, and go the real direction we wanted to go? And this was a big move for us because we had other products, right? Yep. Rascal Flux and those things. But this is a, a big product from the sense that there's so many parts that are involved. Right. So we wanted to do it right. And uh, again, having the QC people, having a, an engineer that's dedicated to the product, those type of things were important to us. So yes, it was a product that we had sold before in, in complete disclosure, uh, but we didn't really sell it for very long. And that, that product's basically uh, off the market and is not available anymore. And we have the exclusive with this uh, particular manufacturer. So you're saying, right, you, you, you mentioned earlier that it is an import coupling right now. Are you guys possibly looking at in the future becoming a domestically manufacturer? Because I know that's, I know that's important to, it's important to people until they see the price, um, right. which is typical, right? If you want an affordable coupling, uh, regardless of the manufacturer, uh, everybody's, uh, the, the name of the game in fire protection and contracting in general is to be the lowest number. Right. Right. Um, when they come into plays with, you know, domestic must be, shall be domestically manufactured products that your price goes up immediately. Um, so do you guys have any kind of idea to have a limited run, not a limited run, but a, like a limited stock of domestically manufactured products for that reason? We, we do carry a line that's not ours so we okay. can cover the domestic side. Sure. Would we get into the domestic manufacturing of the project? Probably not, because that means you're going to have to get into the foundry business here in the U.S. And, and to get into that, that business and the expertise that goes into that, it's probably not in Reliable's wheelhouse. It would probably have to be a purchase of some sort. And I yeah. don't think that we're, we're ready to go that direction. Am I taking it totally off the table? Absolutely not, because that's the one thing that, that, that's been really fun here at Reliable. And that's really why I came here from the construction side was that they really let you kind of freewheel with your ideas. You know, you got ideas, throw them out on the table, go check them out, bring them back in, tell me what it's going to cost me, and then we'll decide what we're going to do. So, you know, again, working here at Reliable has given me an opportunity to, in essence, really run my own company, right? I mean, it, it, they've just given me a checkbook to go out and do a lot of things. That doesn't mean I don't have to look at a P&L and it, it better have a bottom line to it. But at the end of the day, like you asked the question, would you look at doing this or would I look at doing that? There is never anything off the table with real life. That things are being looked at all the time. It's a think tank down here in Cisco components of new products that we're going to come out with. And, I, and I'll tell you, you know, without revealing anything, there's two or three other pretty big deals that we're working on right now that, that we'll bring to the table 
uh, within the next uh, 18 months or so that, you know, will be helpful, I think, to contractors and give them some other options. So, uh, again, just a great place to work and, and, and Reliable is just a great company. So, yeah, well, hint, hint uh, to the voice in the background there listening in. I would love to help you guys launch that new product. Okay, you yeah. got it. <laughs> You're first on my list. Let me make a note here. Yeah, make a note of that there. Put it right <laughs> on the top. Boom, right above everybody else. There you go. <laughs> so awesome. So so how many, like what how are the sales going on this new product so far? Actually, really good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult, right? In the beginning, because all this stuff is spec, right? So when you launch the product, we we didn't give anybody advance notice. Okay. We didn't go out into the market and say, well, here's some literature, here's some literature. We didn't do it. Right. What we wanted to do is we didn't pass out the first piece of literature till my stock was sitting here and the stock was sitting here and I'd already spread it out to my distribution centers. They all had product and they're all like waiting, you know, when are we going to get to do it? When are we going to get to do it? And then as soon as the last container hit, I pushed the button and said, you guys are open to go out and start passing out the literature and talking about the product and giving pricing. At that point in time, obviously it takes, you know, guys have already submitted on projects that, you know, go out two, three, four months. Yeah. So, you know, we knew it was going to be a little hurdle getting out of the chute. Yeah. Uh, but uh, at this point in time, it's really started to take off. Uh, we feel really good about it. Had excellent uh, feedback from the field. Uh, so we're really happy with uh, the, the progress that the, the, the product's making. And we think that, uh, you know, the, it's just going to keep going up from here. So I will say like, I hear about a lot of products before launch, just being in the industry and, in the kind of the, the, the conversations that I have with people, I usually hear about, you know, in the wind products that are coming. Uh, but when I saw those couplings for the first time, I was that one, I was like, Ooh, I didn't yeah. hear you am worried about this one. Yeah, Chris, you weren't the only one because uh, I, I work with the <laughs> AFSA board on some of their committees and stuff. Yeah. And uh, they, they passed out the magazine for the uh, uh, one of the meetings. It was like in May or June or something like that before we announced it. And in it, there was an ad that uh, John and those guys had put together. And, you know, all my competitors opened up the book and it was like, what, what, what's going on here? You, nobody knew this was coming. You know, so it, it was good. It was nice to, to launch, uh, you know, a scud that nobody had a clue was uh, coming their direction. And that, you know, that was good and bad, right? I mean, because we didn't get any anything out there to get into specs, but we did it by choice. We didn't want to get in uh, too soon. We didn't want to reveal what we were doing too soon. I think right. a lot of people knew what we were doing, but, you know, we didn't want to reveal too soon. And so, you know, coming out of the out of the opening gate, it, it, it you know, it caused a little bit of delay in getting product out there, but now people are starting to submit, everything's starting to roll and sales uh, are uh, right on target with what we thought we were going to be doing. So awesome. It's been good. That's really good to hear. Uh, is there anything else you want to make sure that we, we touch on with this, the new groove reliable? Um, not, not really. I think, uh, you know, from the aspect of, uh, you know, guys that may be listening or contractors that are, uh, you know, tuning into this, you know, you know, give us an opportunity because I think you're going to find that not only you're going to get a really good product, but you're going to get a really good price. Um, the fact that Reliable stands behind this product uh, completely and totally, you're never going to have to deal any with anybody else other than the Reliable guy. So right. there's a lot of people out there distributing couplings, right? But they don't have any skin in the game when they're distributing those couplings. Right. Even, you know, the bigger guys, they distribute through 
you know, just uh, warehouses that sell products. Uh, with this, you're dealing straight with the guy that's uh, involved in the manufacturing of the product. Uh, we're involved in product development. So bring your ideas to me. If you have ideas, you know, bring them. We're, we're open to, you know, uh, designing new products, looking at new things. And again, without disclosing too much, we are working on some stuff behind the scenes that I think is going to be really interesting for guys in the field. Uh, and it will be field tested before we go uh, to the market. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, give us an opportunity, give us a shot, listen to what we have, put some on some projects. And I think you'll find, uh, you know, that you're going to get a good quality product. And on top of that, you know, one of the things you mentioned to me before was, is one of the reasons did we get into it because we wanted to be a full supplier? Absolutely. We want to be able to supply you everything that you need on a job site, right down to foam. So, you know, we have a foam line that we carry. Uh, we do fabrication. So, you know, the, the best part about this whole thing is, is that you're dealing with a manufacturer, right? And a manufacturer that knows the industry, that listens to the industry, that has support staff out there that, that will help you in any way that they possibly can. So with that said, um, I just can't say enough about, you know, this particular product uh, being uh, what it is and the highest quality uh, really out there. So Awesome. Rex, thanks for coming on the podcast and talking about this new product. I look forward to seeing it. You bet. Thanks, Chris. This episode of the Fire Sprinkler Podcast is brought to you by the Laying It Down for Camp Bucko fundraiser being put on by the Fire Sprinkler Podcast. With local partners Wallace Ken Sprinkler, Troy Life and Fire Safety, Greater Toronto Fire Protection, Lamsar, and Joseph Hollage, with major provider of the fire hoses being brought to you by the Toronto Community Housing, we are well over the 63 kilometers required to break the world record. We're putting off the world record attempt until spring to allow for more donations to come in. www.firesprinklerpodcast.com for more information on how you can donate. Camp Bucko is the burn camp for kids of Ontario. It's open to burn survivors between the ages of 7 and 17. The camp has grown to over 70 children attending the week-long camp in August. There's no fee to attend Camp Bucko and we'd like to keep it that way. Hoses are $20 a length to sponsor right now. All proceeds going to Camp Bucko. Thanks for your support.